Welcome back to System Minutes Trivia, the podcast where Jathan sticks his dick out while we're recording. This is Brent. I am opening my beer and I'm Jathan. And I'm a cock-a-doodle-doo. Yahoo! Wow, that was like a role reversal for you guys. Usually Jathan is the nonsensical... Uh, he doesn't say his name, but he says he's something else. Well, I don't need know. anybody that listens to this show to have reason to call me a cock. Because you are one. Oh, sick burn, wrecked. You got him. Wow. Pew pew, finger guns, Peyton. Real effective. Okay. All right. <laughs> I love you guys. Oh I really do. Yeah. This is the best, so this is the best show. It's, uh, Jathan has been. Jathan's a little low energy tonight, so we're hoping. Low hope, uh, energy. Sadness. Do you need to sit outside sadness and in the solar collectors for, for a few minutes to, you know, like, get some energy up? Are you like Wally, those low energy? Peyton, was any of that English? I just need a nap, all right? <laughs> all English. I need a I nap, and I need some new friends and stuff. He needs, to st- he needs to stick his solar collectors out to get some energy. That's all. He's Wally. He's just Wally, okay. low on energy, you know. Uh, okay, got it. All right, we're not talking to Peyton anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so anyway, so Jathan is feeling low energy. So I am hoping... That he gets drunk really quickly and becomes high. I'm not high going energy. to get drunk. I only have one beer with me. What? Well, that should be Don't more than enough liquor? for you to get drunk. In the cabinet, but I'm not going to get that. Why not? Well, I'm trying to cut down how much I'm drinking. Do it for the fans. <laughs> do it for yeah, the what, fans. What happened to doing it for the fans? are doing a disservice fans, to the fans by not drinking right the now. The fans don't appreciate me anymore anyway. Yes, they do. What is- says who who i've when's the last time we got an email i was like wow jathan's so good we used to get those all the time we well you know when you (laughs) chided beaches endlessly and made him feel terrible you know beaches is gonna lose the game two episodes in a row oh he lost the game again oh Uh, shout out to beaches you suck wow no why are you so mean i love because he lost the game because he lost well, that the was, game. That's why that was mean. So did you. That was rude, Peyton. All, all of us did. Rude. Lost the game. I would just Shut like up. to say that the Sizzle Minutes Trivia podcast does not endorse Beach's sucking. <laughs> Too bad because he lost the game. He <laughs> still <laughs> sucks. What? Peyton only view of the world. If you lost the game, you suck. <laughs> Peyton does not. Uh, Sizzle Minutes Trivia as a whole does not share the, gone the views or opinions rails. as expressed off by our individual rails. hosts. I'm just kidding, Beaches. I love you, buddy. We should just make the title of this one, I Lost the Game, so that as soon as he downloads it. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, everyone who looks through our titles, even, everyone who follows us on Twitter. It'll be our most popular episode after Anal Action. I'm sorry, Anal Anal Action. action. Anal Action. Wasn't that just Brent and I's episode, even? Yeah, that was uh, season zero. No, it was not. I was in that one. Pretty sure it was. I'm almost sure. Dude, you are you're thinking of the actual anal action, Peyton. I know you were in that one. We're talking about well, anal action. That's the podcast. We, we never uh I was never present for any sort of <laughs> anal action. Yeah, I know. It's just me that and was Peyton. after that was after Longhorn Steakhouse, is what that was. It was oh, Texas okay. Roadhouse, man. Texas Roadhouse, Longhorn Steakhouse, same difference. Anyways, yeah. Uh anal action was season zero, yeah. episode seventeen. What? Yeah, it was just you and me. We talked about yeah. archiving. Yes. How do you remember? Oh, because the title, I guess. Well, yeah, go with we that. We had another episode that was also titled <laughs> Anal Action. Go with that. 
No, we uh, didn't. No, what do you we mean? Did we, don't, not. we did not use the same title twice. I literally just searched Anal and something the only one that has Anal oh, in the title whatever. is right. 017. Let's Clearly just move I'm on. Wrong. Let's Clearly just move on. Right. I'm getting Moving mad. On. Let's just move on. Moving on. <laughs> we're Moving we're on. all grumpy because it's like, I don't know about you, uh, Jason, but here in PA, we've had a heat wave. So. No, it's not that. It's like it's 9 just... million degrees outside, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it yeah, is. Well, it was a little bit cooler today out here It was here 9 in the city, million but... degrees outside. Peyton is actually joining us from the afterlife. He is dead. It's fucking right. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, so for tonight's episode... Let me tell you have... how the sun felt. How did the sun feel? Hot, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hope a large <laughs> bird flies in my window so and just much. fucking gouges my eyes out. <laughs> First Jason. No, what did the blonde say when they when asked how she would visit the sun? Hell. At night, of course. <laughs> Alright. Well Damn it, blonde. Anyways. <laughs> now so we're gonna get episode fucking now, What, Jason? Reported. For what? <laughs> For talking about blonde people badly. I'm blonde. <laughs> you are not. I am. I'm dirty blonde. Oh, Don't even really have any hair okay. left. So anyway, um, <laughs> no, that's so tonight true. we have... Right. Tonight we'll be talking about our personal projects. Personal projects. update on that. What's up? Uh, j and I have a quick announcement to make, but the details are going to be a little bit vague. It's so like a pre-announcement announcement. Vogue you? Yeah, we're Vogue? announcing a future announcement. <laughs> And then that's so we a have teaser, gentlemen. We have yeah, sure. So we have then <laughs> after that two options for topics. I don't even know if we're going to get to them, but if we do, we have two options because we're definitely not going to be able to get to both. I'm... We can either talk about SSL and a couple different aspects of it, like running your own PKI and stuff, or we can talk about ZFS on Linux. Okay, well, fun fact: we already did the running your own PKI. Did we? Yes. When? Just look it up on the internet. Secondly. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm talking about ZFS on Linux because I want to, and <laughs> this uh-huh. is my show now. And what's more, we're talking about <laughs> that, uh, that Reddit post of mine. Oh, right. That that will be a topic. Com- that one you're complaining about. Which one was that? What was that about? Basically installing WordPress through Yum. Right. Okay, so you need to choose between that and ZFS on Linux. No, no, I want to do them both because we already did the other topic. Okay, so my point is, now you're at three topics, and we you need to prioritize two of them. What do you mean, two? Two of three! We're <laughs> what talking is so- about <laughs> personal projects, our announcement, which falls in line. Uh-huh. We're talking about ZFS on Linux, and we're talking about WordPress from Yum. Uh-huh. I'm kicking SSL to the goddamn curb because we already talked about it. I'm almost positive we did not talk if about it. If I find it, you owe me. Okay, what do I owe you? Blowjob. No. no. Don't ever do that to me i'm looking right now and i don't i don't see it in the summaries a hand job then okay i i don't have time to look through these results <laughs> our search function it's a little goofy sure yeah Who's it returns fucking everything anyway? anyway we talked about running your own ca i don't think we did at, yes at we did at, we talked we did i mentioned it I we didn't yes go because we even we even talked about easy rsa in that episode, which doesn't appear in the search. This is bullshit. Our search is broken. God fucking damn, I hate it here. This show is bogus. Everything is bogus. Look, Fuck this after day. The... Oh my gosh. Look, now I can't this... find it. If I type in easy, every fucking thing shows up. If I type in RSA, 
Every fucking thing shows up. If did I type you try in typing in ECRSA, yes, yes, then we then it's not in the show notes. It's in there. We did it. We did not. I'll find it. Mark my goddamn motherfucking words. I don't recall us. I will that. look when we're done the episode. Now you're I done the episode. Even, I will search the database directly for this. Shut thing. up. What are you drinking? I am drinking Shut Jefferson's up. bourbon again. What are y'all drinking? Can you get better at drinking, you poor alcoholic? <laughs> Oh no, my feelings are so hurt, Jathan. I'm drinking. I'm a poor alcoholic. Dry Dock's Amber Ale. Dry Dock is a brewery in Denver. Can you drink better alcohol? This is fine. This tastes good, <laughs> and it makes me happy. Unlike you, you don't taste fine, and you don't make me happy. <laughs> I think Brent tastes just fine. Wait, 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 wait. How do either of you know what I taste like? I asked oh, the cat, and um, he said, "Well, you smell better when you're awake, anyway. So I figured you just tasted better too." What? <laughs> All right, Peyton, what are you drinking? <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't think I want some, because this is like... All right, Peyton, have, what are you I drinking? I have Stella. Okay. Stella, you guys are bad. You guys are supposed to drink fucking novel things for the show to no, experience new no, things. That fucking was, garbage hosts. I'm the only one doing was, it for the fans, <laughs> even when I'm not. You're not We're even drinking. On. You. I don't, that was... No, 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 no. no I am hold drinking. on, hold on. Oh my gosh, hold on. Hold on. We, that was never an official thing that we decided on to drink salty. something different every show. I can tell. Yeah, well, I'm mad, so let's Salter just move and on salt now. You gotta hold All on right. whether you can make it or not. Oh my gosh. We got each other in this though? Peyton, okay. you go first. Talk about your personal projects, man. What? No, by the way, by the way we need we're... to do the news. Oh, oh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping the gun. Jumping Jones McGillicuddy here. Come on, man. Jumping Jones. All right. That's right, Jumpin' Jones. Moving on. Jumpin' Jacks. Hop along. Moving along. Hop along. Keep it going. Okay, go. Go, go, go. Right. go so go. here's Payment of the News. I have a little bit for you here tonight. We talked about this last time. Samsung and Yahoo have joined forces. They want to go ahead and compromise 3 billion more accounts. They are forcing the download of four apps to the Verizon Galaxy S9. As you know, Yahoo was hacked in 2013. And a billion accounts were compromised. Oh, wait. Actually, it was three billion. That's every Yahoo user, by the way. Hmm. They are asking you, or not asking you, they're demanding that you download these apps onto your device. They're created by Bixby. They allow Bixby and Samsung services to use the Oath services, like Yahoo News as a, ser- as a service. The apps in question are Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Newsroom, and Go90. They are being installed as system apps. So even if you disable them, they still run on boot up. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. Yeah. Just saying. You know, I don't think that's the intent behind Google's uh, Android OS, you know. Right. This is one reason why I really don't like buying carrier-locked Android phones, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was illegal to, for them to make them un- un- uh, No, that has been changed. It's now illegal to unlock your phone. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, I'm not breaking the law yet, but I'm we'll going to. Look, we'll have to look it up. I'm pretty sure yeah, that, that yeah, it was I'll, I'll made it legal and then illegal shortly after again. Hmm. No, I'm pretty sure it's not illegal now. Well, why don't you look it up and prove me wrong? We'll, Mr. We'll Mr. Mr. Energy. Either way. Sure, sure. So, in another surprising, and I put that in quotes, move, Chinese hacking, Chinese intelligence officers are behind almost a decade's worth of network intrusions. And that's also in quotes. There's this umbrella called WinTI Umbrella, W-I-N-N-T-I, WinTI. They used advanced malware 
There are several, and this is quite a few actually, firms that have accused several entities operating under the WinTI umbrella. There are LEAD, Barium, Wicked Panda, GREF, PassCV, Axiom, and of course WinTI. This group has been active since 2009. They possibly started in 2007. Kaspersky has reported that hackers with Chinese, Korean language configurations used WinTI to compromise over 30 online video game companies. There's also a company called Hidden Links that works under this umbrella. They stole a crypto key from Bit9, and they infected at least three of its customers. Remember how they're getting rid of the goo.gl? Well, they used a goo.gl URL for eight days starting March 20th. They targeted IT companies and the uh, Office 365 and G Suite there so they can get the login credentials for them. This company called ProtectWise was able to also glean some details using something similar. 56 people clicked links. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Stop clicking links. If you don't know what it is, don't click it, please. You know? But how else are we going to win at our online poker games? Oh, yeah. Listen, <laughs> we'll get me started on that. <laughs> so the next thing we have, and I mean, I just, I, I can't keep reading this because every time I read something more about it, I just want to be like, the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. So the next thing we have is that several tech giants, and by several, I mean all of them, Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Verizon, Philadelphia PD, and Oath, the parent company to Yahoo, are criticizing encryption backdoors following a proposal that gives law enforcement access to locked and or encrypted devices. So basically, law enforcement has said, hey, you guys need to you know, help us here. Wait, and Oath as in, as in the Yahoo company? As in the Yahoo parent company, correct. And uh, Okay, hold on. And you're telling me the Philadelphia Police Department. No, I was joking because the sirens are going off behind them. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I was like... I was like, yeah, they held a guy out the window of like a three-story building like two years ago because he wouldn't give over his hard drive. Sure, sure. Passphrase. So. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, no, fuck I was going to say, that that surprises no, me. But, but. Uh, So these companies, they, they've formed a um, coalition. They say that any backdoor can't be done without risking abuse and or exploits by, atta- by hackers, which is something we've all espoused. You know, the San Bernardino shooter's phone, you know, they asked Apple to have a, a backdoor... There's been backdoors and encryption software, etc. They even, the big problem though, is that law enforcement agencies have even sued these companies because they didn't fix the problem of having backdoors in their software. I'm just all of my what on that, you know? (laughs) Right. Congress passed the Freedom Act in 2015 that rolled back portions of the NSA's phone metadata collection program, which is a program they use to get data on foreign callers. And other things. The FISA Section 702 allows the NSA to gather intel on foreigners via choke points owned by U.S. Telecom. And even though 702 prohibits targeting of Americans, the NSA can search these messages without a warrant. So this article is a lot of surveillance information. Basically, they're saying that, you know, NSA can do whatever they want, do whoever they want, whatever they want. And, oh, yeah, also they want uh, backdoors enabled. And, I mean, obviously, you can't have a backdoor without having the ability for it to be compromised, right? So Yeah, we've, we've talked about that many times. At, at length. So. At length. Yeah. yeah. So, if you use 7-Zip, which who doesn't really, you should update now, like, before this, art, this hits, the, it hits the air. The CVE is CVE 2018-10115. It's in regards to handling a solid compression. So, solid compression is given a set of files... 
You then interpret them as a concatenation to a single data block and then compress the whole block. It can yield a higher compression rate, especially if there are a lot of files that are somewhat similar. So it goes into depth about how to compromise this, but basically the bug is there. Please patch. Like now. Mm-hmm. The fix is that they change the... The decoder has is solid equals false before the first item is decoded, which doesn't turn out very well, so they change that and allow it to run different ways. Again, it's a very long article. It's got a lot of very good information in there. It doesn't sound bad, but then you start reading it, it, it actually turns out to be quite terrible. Hmm. Yeah, it's actually a pretty neat article, but wow, who knew that, you know, 7-Zip would be that bad, you know? Well, I mean, I don't know if, if 7-Zip's really well, they're terrible. They're the here. worst. They're the no, worst. No, no, they're good. They're almost they're as good. bad as WinZip. No, no, <laughs> do not compare the two. 7-Zip I'm kidding, is... of course, I'm kidding. Okay, 7-Zip's awesome. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I but, have 7-Zip and WinRAR on all yeah. my Yeah, and that's... My Windows systems. Right. You so probably have 7-Zip on, zip on your Linux, Linux. systems, Yep, too. absolutely. Yep. Only there, I think it's... Was it P-Zip? P-Zip, No. Yeah. I can't remember which one's which. It's named differently between Windows and Linux. Anyways... It is, yes. You're correct. But TAR does the same thing, basically. When right. you compress a tarball, it basically concats it into one file. Right. Well, this with is... With some header information. But. Yeah, the article does go into a lot of depth on how it works and how they determine the pro- the problem, fix the problem, and then compromise how you can further compromise it or, you know, test it. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent article. I suggest reading it. We just don't have the time to go through the whole thing, you know? Right, right. Now, the next bit of news we have is if you have a GitHub and or a Twitter account, which who doesn't these days, you mm-hmm. might want to change your password. Now... For the record, they only found the passwords in logs. They didn't find them out in the world. GitHub said that during a routine audit, they found these passwords in a text file. They cleared the log file. They've not been hacked. They have not been exploited. They still suggest you change your password just in case. Mm-hmm. There were Twitter people who or people who responded on Twitter saying, hey, there's an issue with uh, users and passwords. In 2016, they sent out an email saying, hey, you need to change your password. It happens. You know, no big deal. Twitter says that their passwords were stored in plain text on a log. So, again, change your Twitter password. Same thing, yeah. Same you know, thing as GitHub. No, no big deal. They weren't compromised, according to them. We may hear differently, but I doubt it. Just change your password if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. All right. And hope that they scrubbed. <laughs> and hope that they scrubbed. They should have. You know, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't have, but still. Yeah. The next thing we have is that there's a Windows 10 NTFS crash and denial of service. So, it's a denial service, obviously. It generates a BSOD using a handcrafted NTFS image. It can be driven from user mode, limited user, or administrator mode. So, pretty much everybody. If the system is locked, it can crash the system. There's no CVE assigned to it because Microsoft said not to. Hmm. There's a way to test it. You can write an image and then... You can run that. Generally speaking, with um, with autoplay enabled, a BSOD, BSOD will follow in seconds. If a USB drive is inserted, if that doesn't work, the crash will occur when files get read. So if you read file four off of this file of this file that he has linked in here, it will crash the system. So why are we still doing auto runs in 2018? I, Did we not? You know, that was a bad idea. Yet? There was a lesson learned there somewhere. I think there it was, was a lesson learned back in the 90s. I think it was an Ask Mr. <laughs> Robot when the dude picked up the CD off the ground and put it in his computer at work and then ended up, you know, working for the bad guys. Uh, whatever. I don't know, dude. 
who yeah. <laughs> who the fuck has autoplay enabled in these days? Why would you have autoplay enabled? There's no reason for you to plug in your drive and have whatever most recent file is in there pop up. There's just no reason for it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's... Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, what was it, Windows 2000, Windows 2000 Server, I think they had... I think there was no way to permanently enable auto run, but I can't. I, I, I may be pulling that out of my ass. I can't it has remember. been 18 years since I ran yeah, on 2K. Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying <laughs> exactly. to think right now if there was a way to enable, and I don't recall there was. Yeah. Windows XP, I, I feel of like course, prompt, you could do yeah, it all well, Windows long, XP, but Yeah, Windows you know. XP, I think even automatically, it encouraged it, you to it had it. Enable. It had it already. Yeah. It had it on automatically when you installed it. Yeah, uh, um, I love watching those videos. Fourteen minutes online, and, and it's already compromised. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Last one. Last one. Okay. All right. So this is my favorite one. Have any of you ever used OnStar or Cirrus XM that's been built into your vehicle? No, I drive a vehicle from two thousand. <laughs> well, right. You've got you know an old piece of crap. That's fine. Jayton, how yeah, about you? Excuse you. I'm just two thousand. The two thousand Cherokee I'm, I'm kidding, is a I'm prime oh, piece of God. machinery. <laughs> And oh I will God. fight anyone. It rattles who says everywhere they you go. I you love know. the rattling. Well, it's sure a solid know. piece of machinery. Yeah, it's great. Jayton, what about you, buddy? Yeah. So for the last fifteen years or so, the police have asked SiriusXM and OnStar to monitor you while you're in your vehicle. You know, no big deal. No big deal. In 2014, there was a warrant that allowed New York police to trace a vehicle by demanding the satellite radio and telematics that Sirius XM provided. They did this by turning on stolen vehicle recovery mode, which allowed law enforcement to track the vehicle for 10 days. Mm -hmm. Sirius told Forbes that they only do this in response to search warrants and court orders, which is fine. I mean, I can understand, you know, if the police come to you and say, we need to track this vehicle, we need to know where it is, please let us know where it is, you know? Mm -hmm. But my big question is, how do they know that it has Sirius and OnStar on it? You know? Like, yeah, I know like that I know that a lot of GM vehicles model. do it, but yeah. still, yeah. you know. Well, okay, but some base models may not have that, you know. Right, so, but they can look up the VIN number and say, like, oh, it has these How do features. they know the VIN number of the car? Well, yeah, they, they aren't going to know the VIN. They, well, presumably, if no, somebody's... No, no, you if are, they see the license plate, You are they presuming a lot of things. Well, if, if they have a license plate number... They also, if they sure know who it's registered to, they can find well, the VIN. Well, usually at that well at that point, it's it's more about a surveillance of an individual, which is probably a bigger concern rather right. than a stolen vehicle. My point is, if yeah. they just see Joe Blow on the street driving down the corner, they shouldn't be able to call Sirius and say, "Hey, monitor this guy for ten days." Yeah, that's they need a problem I have they need it. a warrant, is my opinion, before they can do anything else. And it sounds like they currently do, but well, they had a warrant for this I, one. But I, I'm get, I'm getting to this. This is this is more important here. So it. it's not just the satellite radio companies that allow cops to engage in this tracking. OnStar and ATX Technologies, which became Agero or Agero, also did the same thing. They actually eavesdropped on personal conversations between drivers and passengers. There was a case in 2001 where mm. ATX Technologies was ordered to provide roving interceptions of a Mercedes-Benz. Ordered. Now, there's no mention of a warrant, but I would say that Part of the order is there was one. Mm. However, there was a lawsuit and it didn't end well. The court didn't have an issue with the eavesdropping, but rather that the act of listening limited the functionality of the in-car tech, which the court found to be overly burdensome. Hmm. Now, in the second case, there was a, in 2007, 
the OnStar system in a Chevrolet Tahoe belonging to Gareth Wilson was contacted. OnStar was contacted when the emergency button was pushed. Then there was an opinion on the case in 2008. Wilson was unaware that the button had been hit. The OnStar employees listening, he says he heard what's possibly a drug deal. Contacted an officer with the sheriff's department. They listened to the conversation. They then stopped the vehicle, found marijuana, and an indictment was filed. However, here's the problem. He hadn't signed up for OnStar, but it had never mm. been turned off. Yeah, that's my problem at the root of this, is that right. essentially you're buying a vehicle with a factory right. installed bugging exactly. device. It was so. never disabled. It was never turned off. That's the big problem I have. I don't... Yeah. I'm fine that's, if I turn it on, bullshit. but if I turn it off, or if I don't pay for it, I don't want it on in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if you have one of these devices in your car, put some tape over the microphone... Don't press the button. Call and have it turned off. Whatever, you know. This also relates to cops trying to use the Amazon Echo in hopes of hearing murder-related conversations. Did you know that your Echo records everything? It does. Yeah. And probably, um, what's the uh, what's the Google Home Assistant thing? What's that Google called? Home called Google Home. Google Home? Well, what's Alexa? Alexa is Echo? Amazon. Oh. They have two different product lines for the same thing? No. Echo no. is the name of the product. Yeah, uh-huh. and Alexa is the bitch in the box. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> Jay the bitch the box. that's right. She is a bitch. It's, She's a bitch in the box. Absolutely. Okay, so one is the quote unquote name, the the personality. Yeah, if you say "Hey Alexa," it. she's gonna start talking to you like, "Yes, what can I do for you?" Got now, the it. Google okay. Home Assistant is "Hey Google," and it, was, it starts doing whatever. Right, because Google's a little bit uncreative like that. Sure, it's almost like Anyways. "Hey Siri," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Alexa is to Echo as Siri, Siri is to iOS. Got correct. it. Correct. Correct. And okay. that's uh, Peyton with the terrifying news for this time. Uh, yeah. Go By hide way, in a hole if you wish. You forgot Cortana with Windows platforms. I don't really care about Cortana with Windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't want to leave Microsoft out because they have their own creepy quote-unquote AI assistant. Cortana. Yeah. Anyways, so... so moving right along. Personal projects. Personal projects. Does anyone want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Since I just got done talking about the news. Right. right. So I just upgraded to gig internet. I actually am only paying $4 more a month, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know. Who's your provider? Verizon Files. Is that all you had to ask? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, I, I have Verizon. <laughs> I like it. You know, I, it's a lot better than Comcast. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. I have made some changes here at the house. I've gone from having a dedicated hardware box running Arch. I have a VM running PFSense now. It's a little bit better. It's not quite as loud in here. The box running Arch was an old P4, and it was very loud and very power hungry. Let's see. I've got two more 1Us in here that I need to to do some testing on. I'm hoping to be able to get some sort of failover enabled on those. I went ahead and cleaned up my rack quite a bit. I'll I'll post pictures at some point. But uh, I've got a um, a punch down block that I can, or not a punch down block. What's the uh, what's the, uh, the the yes? You know where you you punch them into the 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 network cables into the back of the slot or whatever, and then you have twenty four termination. I have a termination block. Sure, that that sounds fine. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if you're trying talking about terminate a ter- like a termination switch or a or a smart switch or what? No, it's um termination block where you. Have it's you know the ports and you can just go from there to a switch or a device or whatever and it's, yeah, yeah it's laid out to your house or whatever. I put that on my network as well or my rack as well so I can have 
you know, a little bit cleaner uh, look to the front of it, especially. Got little one-foot uh, Cat 6 cables and plugged them all in. It looks pretty good. I've got to get better at labeling. I'm working on some puppet. I'm working on some, you know, mass configuration. That's taking a lot of time, you know. And I've got a baby on the way in October. So I'll probably have more time to work on that as I hold a nursing child. Would you call the baby a project? <laughs> I um, mean... And um, is it personal? If I ever have a kid, I'm going to, like, create a bug tracker for the kid. So, no, no lie. No lie. Andy W. Yeah. Uh, my first joined, uh, you know, my company. He sent out an email with Splunk tracking his baby's breastfeeding stuff. Oh, my gosh. It was funny, dude. I, I liked That's, it. It was, it was kind of cool. But at the same time, you're like, I like, was kidding. What? But Yeah, I was kidding, but gum. All right. Jathan, what do you got going on? Okay, well, I've been feeling pretty burnt out at work, so admittedly have not been spending as much time on personal projects as I may have liked, or like, or something. I don't know. Words are pretty hard, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Words are hard, okay? They are. They are. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, the one thing is, my IT director runs a horse rescue. Kind of a double-faceted thing. It's a horse rescue. They take in horses that need homes. Did, did uh, you have they... to go out and, and watch the farm for him one time yeah, yeah i housed that for him for like two weeks when he first moved last year was yeah. that was that when you were like freaked out by the donkeys or something i'm afraid of horses oh right horse. that's a that, fantastic that, thing for you to be doing which is horses <laughs> it's, it's i was working through my fear asshole that's a good thing that's <laughs> all right, okay all right all okay. right carry on carry on so anyway, so he uh, he rescues horses, but then also like has opportunities for like veterans with PTSD to come volunteer with the animals and shit like that. That's mm-hmm. cool. So uh, yeah, it's not just like the horse rescue, but also it's a people know. rescue. Yeah. So he's got a, a website r- right now that's built on WordPress, and oh, uh, you know, God, really? okay, shut up. Not a bad website or anything. It was just the quickest way to get him up and running and get some decent SEO and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I am pretty excited. I think that we're going to start developing like an actual website for him and, you know, make some improvements to his mail server so that he can send out some bulk emails, has a mailing list started. So I'm working on that, some volunteer time, just helping him out because I think it's a pretty cool thing that he's doing. I also am studying up to finish my RHCSA. Hopefully in July, I will finish that. I've already taken a billion practice tests, and I keep doing really well on them, so I think I could take it any time, but the time, like finding time to leave work and go take the exam for, you know, a day is kind of a pain. But once I'm done with that, I'm going to try to jump straight back into it and uh, work on my RHCE as well, try to get that going. Aside from that, Brent has this sort of repository of things that he calls ops tools. Op tools. Uh, whatever. Yes. I don't clone your shit, because I don't... <laughs> Need you it. just fetch it directly. I'm better. Than you just curl scripties. it to pipe. Sure. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's why you have root on all my boxes. Yeah, of course. So I have been starting to work on some deployment scripts for my own shit. Some of them are really simple, but it's a good way to keep my Python in check. Don't really get to do a whole lot of programming at work these days, so doing that kind of thing, just making sure that I still know how the fuck to write Python, is good. Mm-hmm. So the first one I worked on just sets up Nginx with a basic vhost in place and sets up Let's Encrypt. Just takes a domain name or a list of domain names as inputs. This is not public yet, or I would share the link. Mm-hmm. Second thing is basically working on a rewrite on my website. 
So didn't you just rewrite that like last year? No, I first put my website back finally in like March of 2016. I want to say. So I guess that was last year, but it's entirely static right now. I build it out with Lecter. Mm-hmm. But I really think that if I had like a nice interface where I could log into the website itself and publish content, I probably would do a better job of actually doing that, which mm-hmm. sounds really stupid. But uh, I don't know. I'm just not that happy with it. I, I think it looks okay, but I would like some more functionality. I also would like to get back into pottery real soon, so I want to set up a proper gallery so I can display some of my work and you know potentially share it with people. Oh, I boy. still have a bunch of extra pieces that are, some of them are really, really beautiful decorative pieces that I made, but I just have nowhere to put them up online. Like, you know, I'm sure somebody might see some of them and be like, oh, you know, I'd put that somewhere in my house, but uh, I just don't have a way to display them. So I have them all sitting under my bed. Hmm. So I would really like to work on that and also have a couple other project ideas lined up. I just have to get started on them. One of them's a website for saltwater fish keepers. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of really old like what the fuck is the old forum software phpbb yeah yeah so a lot of like forums and shit like that with phpbb a lot of good information on them and stuff like that and there's plenty of places where you can go ask questions and it's a lot of it's really piecemeal though and a lot of the websites that provide this information are just really dated so i was thinking about sort of modern take on that i'd really like to start a knowledge base of sorts where you can find out about compatibility of different fish That was basically um, crowdsourced. So like if you had two types of fish, like if I had a goby and a clownfish and they constantly clashed, I would basically log into this site and enter that information. And then if somebody else were curious, like, hey, can I have these two fish? You know, they would log in and see like 98% of people have these two fish and they're fine. And 2% of these people say that they're aggressive towards each other Hmm. so that you can maybe help inform some decisions in terms of like which fish you'd want to keep together. What about two betas? Well, I mean, everybody, I think that's common knowledge. They just fuck each other's shit up. Yeah. That's right. They sure just shouldn't do. So, yeah, I think that'd be a cool project. I think it'd be some good database work that I haven't done in a long time. And I also think it'd be a useful website. I don't really know how I'm going to help people find it because certainly these forums that have been around since like fucking 1970 probably have a lot more content. But, um, well, I mean, you could advertise it on the forum throw in your sig or something you know yeah and you know put it on reddit like the reef tank subreddit and shit like that also did you say 1970s yeah it was an exaggeration okay first, yeah, i was gonna say yeah <laughs> well technically i would say bbs's were the first forum but so but that's then, what i got like going 80s. on yeah that's pretty cool jayton not a whole lot but some what about fountain pens do you have anything about fountain pens no no i haven't really been writing lately oh mm. But you were going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, and get your, uh, what was it, a Maserati? A Maserati, that's right. Yeah. Maserati. <laughs> Maserati. Which is actually just a, a rusty bicycle. Oh, well, you think bicycle. it is. One well, man's rusty bicycle is another man's Maserati. <laughs> All I'm saying is Sysbot points to a rusty old bicycle missing wheels when you type in Jathan's Maserati. That's the best Maserati in the world. That's that's one of my favorite aliases. Okay. Oh, wait, I've got one more. Yes. For a long time, when I was living by myself for about a year in my last apartment, Mm -hmm. my orchid collection, I don't know how many people here know that I collect orchids. My orchid collection kept getting... I mean, I've got 30 or so, so I'd say, yeah. Listen, he can collect orchids if he wants to. No, I'm I'm curious as to the verbiage. Why do Uh, you collect them and Well, I grow grow orchids, but I specifically usually try to buy 
or trade for particularly rare orchids. So, like, most okay. of my orchids are quite expensive. Are you an it's... orchid, Ken? A what? <laughs> an orchid? Do you identify as an orchid? No. Shut up. <laughs> so, when I was living by myself in my old apartment, uh, I don't know what it was about that apartment. I don't know if it was, like, the airflow or if there really was just something in the environment or whatever. But they kept getting this fungus, and some of them died, and they were pretty expensive. So, I was, like, real bummed out about it. Mm-hmm. And my local orchid greenhouse, Fantasy Orchids in Louisville... They actually have like a boarding program and I know the guy who runs the greenhouse pretty well because I go there and buy a lot of my shit there and talk to him and stuff like that. I told him what was going on and he gave me a pretty legit deal for like a year of boarding and the goal was to basically just board all my shit until I moved again. Mm -hmm. And I have since moved but I haven't picked up all my orchids so I slowly started bringing them home. So let me get this straight. It's basically a flower kennel? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a greenhouse, they sell orchids, so they just have sure. a section that's, like, you know, set aside for boarding customers, and they you just, should, like... You should open up a flower pawn shop. I don't know about that, but I would love <laughs> to, like, more seriously do something with orchids, like... Sure. I think it'd be really cool if local businesses could, like, rent orchids so that while they were blooming, you took them to, like, the restaurant or whatever, and they mm. took care of them, and then okay. when they stop blooming, they call you, like oh, you know, my five orchids stopped blooming, bring me five more, and you go get the blooming, or the non-blooming ones, you drop off more blooming ones, and they basically are paying to, like, rent orchids. So all I'm hearing here is that there's literally an orchid rental service, essentially. Orchid as a service, yeah. No, no, no. Orchid as a service. I mean, there might be somewhere, but I'm saying that's something I would like to personally do. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's cool, Jathan. I'm I'm with you, dude. I think orchids are pretty awesome. I wasn't aware that... Orchids breed it, bloom at different times of the year. Are oh, they yeah. Annuals or perennials? I don't know that they fall into that classification. Hmm. Orchids bloom. I don't either, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> some older orchids just bloom all the time. Younger ones, though, typically will bloom like once every 8 to 12 months, depending on the type of orchid. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely have some now. My very first orchid I got probably four years ago now. And my very first one is still in my collection. And that one blooms pretty much all the time now. I. It blooms I'm all the time. How does that work? How, well, I'm curious how this would be profitable. Well, let's just say I had 100 orchids that I bought for $30 each. Uh-huh. And so they were... 30,000 orchid? 30,000. $30, I know. It was, a, it was yeah. a joke. It was a joke. Okay. Yeah, $3,000. Not like a huge investment cost for a startup, right? Right. Which, you know, I would probably need more than 100 to really do this well, depending on my client base. But let's say I had 100 orchids and only 20 bloomed at a time, and that covered mm-hmm. the whole year. Because once, once orchids bloom... Especially Phalaenopsis, which are like the ones you see in grocery stores, they bloom for a really long time. So I have some at home right now that are blooming, and they've been blooming for about a month. They'll probably bloom for like six or eight more weeks. Sure. So like three months at a time. So let's say that I had a restaurant that was like, you know, we want five orchids to display on our tables. Mm -hmm. I took them five orchids that were blooming, and for three months, they were responsible for those orchids. Mm Mm-hmm. During that time, you know, I have three months until I basically have to get more plants to bloom or find more plants that are blooming and buy them. And they basically would pay me like, I don't know how much. I don't know what a reasonable cost is, right? But like, well, they that's would... the problem I have is you would need an astounding number of clients. And I yeah. don't know how a many huge amount. clients Dude, you would be able to find. Here's the thing. I don't yes. need to make a billion dollars on this. This is just a side gig. Like, Right. I'm saying I don't know if you could make back your investment. Oh, 
I mean, well, $30 million is a lot of money. It's, it's, like, it's would you stop much. increasing it every time? It's time-based, though, right? Because, like, let's say I actually only had 10 orchids. Well, that that works to your disfavor. Since no, no, if no. They, if they, hold on, hold no, on. No, no, no. If they, if they went out of bloom every week, that would work much better for your favor because you'd be able to shorten the time frame. You'd be able to increase the, the rate of exchange, sure. I guess. But I think that this is more so I'd be charging more for that three months than for a week. Well, then why wouldn't they just get their own five orchids? Because it wouldn't be... I mean, mine would have to be cheaper than buying an orchid. Mm-hmm. But anyway, potentially over time, I would recoup my money because as my orchids got older, they would bloom longer they would, you know, bloom bigger, whatever. It's just an idea. Like, I'm <laughs> okay, not going out said... to do this. Okay. But I think it's an interesting concept, and it'd be a we've, fun thing to try. We've talked about this for a very long time. This is now Flower Administrivia. Anyway, so administrivia. you, you want to, you basically want to open Orchids as a service. Orchids as a service. And, you know, if I could have one thing, like if I bought a house tomorrow, the first fucking thing I would do is erect a greenhouse. <laughs> Why would you say erect my build? <laughs> Are you a child? Yeah, a little bit. I would erect a greenhouse. (laughs) Just say build a greenhouse, J-Bob. It's erect. It's definitely, you can say build. All right, well, we're 45 minutes into this, and (laughs) we've we've talked about zero things. And I still haven't. Welcome back to Personal Projects. But people, okay, so wait, I I should just say, last year we had a couple of episodes where we talked about personal projects, and people responded very, very favorably and said that they were like very, like, positive episodes and they felt like they got to know us which is why we're now dedicating topics to this this season yeah right exactly i don't remember ever getting that feedback i don't remember he was in irc i don't remember a couple people like i don't remember it yeah you don't remember much (laughs) like well i'm just saying we get no no would you calm down we get so few emails that like if it comes in by email i'm more likely to remember it than irc because we're on irc every day so Anyways, if you want us to respond to your feedback, send us an email or an IRC. But if you want us to remember it, maybe or tweet at us or tweet at us. But I'm still not going to remember it because I tweeted at a lot of people. Anyways, so for mine, as Jason mentioned, um, I do. Yes. What? Our sort of joint one. Well, I'll, I'll do that after I do mine. Okay. So as Jathan mentioned, we I do have a repo called OpTools. You can find it at git.squareroot.net. I'll link to it, duh, whatever. And it's basically just a collection of like one-off scripts that I didn't have that aren't weren't that I felt weren't big enough to justify their own repository. Or, you know, like a lot of them have classes built into them so you can import them, whatever. It's like 90% Python. Anyways, so I've been working on that a lot. I have, let's see, since April. I've made an Arch repository clone script. I've made, well, I refined it. It's working a lot better now, but I still need to rewrite it a bit to make it work even better. I wrote a CentOS mirror script, so you can have your own local CentOS mirror. That's cool. I wrote a script to query a GPG key server and get stats on like how many keys it has and stuff. That's Who runs it, who runs it, things like that. I'm intrigued by that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an optools. What else? I just pushed something recently, Jathan. It was something I wrote for you. What what was it? The like SSL cert inspector. Yeah, the cert parser. So that's pretty handy. It, it gives you the all of the fingerprints when it expires, when it was create or signed. I guess its validity. I should say who the issuing authority was. What did you ask? How to get uh, DNS names? DNS names, right? So yeah, it also does that too. It'll it, it it lets you print the SAN names. It also parts out all the 
or at least a fair number of extensions too. So it's got varying levels of verbosity. You can check that out. That's pretty cool. A lot of other stuff. I, I push a lot to it and it already has a lot in it as like maybe 30% of it's like just half-assed, half-finished type stuff though. So, you know, just take that as a warning. What else? Last night I started the version four rewrite of B-Disc. Wow. That's cool. Which is, so it's been broken for a little bit. Mostly UFE support or FE support, however you want to look at it. That's been broken for, I don't know, maybe a year now. And I kept putting off, putting it off because there's a lot of things about how it runs that I wanted to change that would require a rewrite. And I'm a lot better at Python now, so it would be, you know, easier to maintain. And I'm also splitting it apart into like much more atomic functions and classes and stuff. And I'm trying to make it into like an actual proper module so people can install it with pip and stuff and and use it in a script they might be writing. Anyways, so I started that last night. I have a lot of it stubbed out. I'm working currently on the new configuration syntax. It's uh, I'm moving from any to XML. So I'm writing the parser for that. And I've got at least like seven or eight feature requests I've collected from version three that people wanted to see. So I'm going to be in- incorporating those that made the cut. Uh, everything else I just closed because they're stupid feature requests. But the the ones that did make it, I'll be incorporating. What else? A lot of work stuff that I can't really talk about, unfortunately. But that's been the majority of my time I've been spending on projects. And I think yeah. as far as my personal projects, that's it. Jason, do you want to talk about what we're working on? Or do you yeah. want me to? Okay. No, I got this. So okay. I am not going to say too much. This is intentionally going to be a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. Brent and I have never really released a project together, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Except but, the podcast, you know, but that's, you know. Yeah, yeah technically this is sort of a project, but. It's a bit of a project, yeah. There's some work. But as, as like you all know. seven being equal. As you all know, we are pretty avid Arch Linux users. And. There's some part of Arch Linux called the AUR, the Arch User Repository. And it's sort of like, you know, packages that aren't officially supported by Arch. They're not maintained by Arch, you know, core developers or whatever, Mm -hmm. maintainers. But they're sort of user contrib, and they still follow, like, certain guidelines so they can be installed with Pac-Man and stuff like that. Well, you have to build them first. You have to build them separately. That's the caveat. So there have been all these tools, AUR helpers, that basically make it a more native experience. Mm -hmm. So you install an AUR helper. You can then use it to search through AUR packages and install them and uninstall them and all that shit. We had been using one for the last, what, three, four years? Three years, yeah. No, Pac-Man. Called A-Pac-Man. It's based on on Packer. Yeah, Yeah, and and A-Pac-Man was always... It was okay. There were some Mm -hmm. regex issues all along and some other shit. Well, that was only after they added regex support. Yeah, right. It's been broken ever since they did that. That was maybe, I want to say, two years ago, a year and a half ago. But the project itself just kind of died a little bit. Yeah. And eventually it got removed from the AUR, so APAC-MAN was no more. So I Mm -hmm. still have APAC-MAN on most of my boxes because I had built them before that happened. Mm -hmm. But in any case, there's no updates. There's still some broken shit. It's slow, too. I mean, that's the one complaint Mm -hmm. I always had with APAC-MAN. It's really slow. It's written in Bash. Yeah. So Brent and I have decided that we are writing a new AUR helper that will best them all. And I am not going to tell you how we're writing it, where we're writing it. I'm not going to tell you the name 
because mm. I don't want anyone to steal our idea, our project, or anything. Like, is it like Jamal? <laughs> Jamal? No. Jamal is how you configure it, though. <laughs> no, we're no. We're not implementing Jamal config. But in any case, well, we've not? both put in some work so far. Brent has mostly done the configuration and like interacting with the database. Or and argument parsing. And you've argument been, parsing. You've been mostly interacting with the database. Yeah, so I've been doing like actually installing and uninstalling packages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I also have a I have to push this. <laughs> I have a working code that will update the sync DBs now. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So I would say at this point, the summer is looking really busy for both of us. We're traveling and, you know, we have hope and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that being a little hopeful, I guess, I think that this is even a stretch. Hopeful? But I would really like to see us have an alpha by the end of this year. I think we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Basi- I mean, we're talking like basic Pac-Man functionality, no AOR functionality yet, but. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe it'll just come together. But in any case, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the project. I'm learning a lot more about how Arch deals with packages and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to, yes, it is written in Python since Payton sold us out. I am getting to play with some different Python libraries and stuff that I haven't worked with before. One oh, of them, man. you guys do everything in Python. Well, it's a great language. I do. Python, uh, Jython sometimes writes stuff in C. Very rarely. Yeah, usually only if it's like actually meant for performance yeah yeah so anyway we we don't have anything really more to share about that unless you want to add anything but just wanted to throw it out there that we're doing it so if you are an arch user and you have an aur helper you like and there's features you like about it i would love to hear your feedback there is no Mm -hmm. guarantee that we'll incorporate what you have to say because i think we both have a good idea having used a pac-man for a long time what we'd really like to see this project do Mm -hmm. but in any case definitely reach out to us if you want or if you have experience with, was it PyALPM? Oh, God. PYALPM. The documentation is fucking trash. I thought it didn't even have any. Well, it doesn't. It has an example program called Pikeman. That's broken. It's not broken per se. It just doesn't work that well. Oh, okay. It's a little dated. Like, it hasn't been touched in two or three years. Got it. But also, it's just, it's not a very complete example. Like, the way they broke things into files and functions, mm-hmm. like, you know, you can follow it based on tracebacks and stuff like that when things are broken but it's in so many different files and it doesn't make sense to me personally how they organized it so yeah to try to look at it and be like oh i see how they're using pyalpm it's just like no i really don't yeah (laughs) right like where where the hell is this called and that's why it's taken me so long personally to get my pieces working is because i'm sort of i feel like reverse engineering pikeman a lot you basically are I mean, I don't know if it counts as reverse engine because it's Python. You know, you can see the source. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's a fair amount of work. And once he gets that sort of functionality sorted out, I'm basically going to be gluing it together. So that'll give him a nice break and give me something to do for it. So it's sort of a joint effort. I would have expected it to be reversed. Like, I would... I usually like digging into stuff and... and I like getting frustrated, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you have so much other shit going on, and true. so do I, but like Especially less Especially with the fucking B-Disc rewrite. I said, like, yeah, maybe July 2018, I'll have it done. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just starting in May. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. You know, yeah. not, not gonna happen. I might have an alpha for version 4. Well, but... it's cool, man. Yeah, so that's what we've been working on. Yeah, you're on. gonna use it, Payton? Yeah, sure, absolutely. What, yeah. the, uh, the AUR yeah, helper? Yeah, absolutely, B-disc? sure. The AUR helper. <laughs> the AUR helper. Oh, okay, got it. Let me let me know. I'll be glad to help. Him. Cool. All right, so what's next? 
so that is all that we had going for that particular thread. But now I need now for our listeners who were tuned in earlier in the show. I, why do I say that as if it's live? I don't. Of course, they've tuned in earlier for the show. It's a it's a podcast. Unless they like skip forward through all the banter. Anyways, smart. <laughs> I skipped so, forward to the banter too. Yeah. <laughs> so so Jathan has decided to nix the SSL discussion, which I'm still convinced we have not talked about. Well, even depth. if we have, we don't have time for it now. Right, right. Because he wants to talk. You need to choose between ZF. We're at 58 minutes in the raw. Yeah, yeah. Right I'm going to talk about my Reddit post. Okay, because that's more time sensitive. Yeah, so I, you know how we generally feel about WordPress here. However, yes, it's true. WordPress makes up like fucking 9,000% of the internet these days. I'm not sure it's 9,000%. It's 9,000. It's not, what, not, not even, you can't even meme it? You can't like 9,001? 99.999 million percent. Million percent? Wait. So, okay. um, so here's the thing. So what I learned today is that WordPress is actually in the Apple extra packages for enterprise Linux repo on Red Hat and CentOS. Mm-hmm. And so, you oh, know, s- sorry, quick side note. You also pointed out to me and I confirmed on at least CentOS 7. I don't think it's on CentOS oh, I'm 6. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, okay. I got, I got this. Uh, so, so WordPress has been packaged for Arch and Gentoo and Ubuntu for a long time, but they tend to be a little bit more up to date than like CentOS, right? Right. Or Red Hat. And that's for stability reasons. But also in general, I personally would never install WordPress from the package manager. And Mm -hmm. that's even after our rant about distro package managers a couple episodes ago. But I feel that WordPress, you know, there's so many updates that are coming out like mm-hmm. all the time for WordPress and they now have like auto update functionality built into WordPress core and it works moderately well. I'll give them that. So for me, I would never want the delay of like WordPress releasing upstream, my distro having to package it and it trickling down. Mm-hmm. But also I think it's a really weird thing to manage through a oh, package and, manager. And syncing to the mirror you're using too. Yeah, true. I guess. Point is it's a very delayed, uh, delayed potentially action. not necessarily yeah. always, but it could be. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I also think WordPress is just a really fucking weird thing to manage with your package manager. Like it's a, it's not a package really. Like I, I understand it is a package, obviously. Like mm-hmm. you know, literally I can't, it's a package. But it's I like it's a collection it of well PHP. You know. Well, and that makes sense. You know, like there's some parts of it that don't need to change. Yeah, and can be managed with a version package manager, but. There, a lot of it is user-contributed, like, content, like, images and stuff like that. Yeah, and themes. it just seems... it Doesn't it seem like it'd get messy? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of room for something to get fucked up, is my point. Yeah, and I and I still don't know how they would handle WordPress... Was it WordPress Moo? Multi-site? I don't know what that is, even. But You basically run multiple WordPress blogs from the same instance. Oh. Well, but, in any case, so... Yeah. You know, I was having a discussion with a coworker today, and he was like, oh, I think we should start using this. And I was like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. And so I just sort of wanted to get a feel for, like, what other people were thinking and if anybody had actually used this specifically from Apple and what the release cycle was like. So I ended up just posting on Reddit, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to see what people said about WordPress from Yum. And the way I phrased it was like, should you install WordPress from Yum in production? I was going to say, would you, but... Yeah, and so the thread was not wildly popular, but uh, <laughs> the sysadmin subreddit is also not huge, so there's right. that. Like our podcast. Yeah, our <laughs> podcast is huge. No, we're not huge. It's, it's huge. It's, it's, the not, best. it's not huge either. It's the best. 
In any case, I did find in my experience, and I'm pretty sure this is what you were going to say, the version that's currently available on CentOS 7 through Apple is in line with Upstream. Mm-hmm. So I now intend to watch that over the next few updates for WordPress because I'd really like to see. Because if it truly is in line with Upstream pretty consistently, I would possibly reconsider it at least a little bit for like basic sites. Sure. But I would like to hear you two's opinions if you have them on this. And like, do you think installing via Yum is viable? Like Drupal I... or WordPress or, you know, like, would you install any CMS like through your fucking package manager? So I do have opinions on that because I have opinions on everything, but... Yeah, no shit. Before I get into them... It's the first time he's ever admit that. Holy shit. No, I've, I've oh admitted that before. Oh my god, this is the best day ever. I was no, so sad I've, and now I'm so No, happy. no, I've definitely admitted I'm wow. opinionated before. I just usually think those opinions are right. But before I get into that, you were actually I mean, wrong. You, but yeah. you were actually wrong. What I Why? was going to mention about CentOS 7 oh. was that... Apple now has Python 3.6. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. I told you that, though. You did? Well, yeah, I thought I, I mentioned that. that You're that the Jathan reason. Po- yeah, you said Jathan pointed out to me, and I confirmed. That's why okay. I said earlier okay, okay. when you interrupted me. Anyways, yeah, so quick side you know, when you CentOS 7, them. and by extension, RHEL 7, since they both use Apple, and Fedora, whatever the fuck number, now that- has Python 3.6. Apple is a Fedora-hosted repository. I think, though, that they're not Apple in Fedora. I think they're just part of, like, one of their repos that are built in, if you will. What? Like, I don't think you have to install Apple in Fedora, do you? Oh, it's a good question. I, don't I think know. that it just sort of is there. Maybe. Anyway. And I know I know that the repository is maintained and hosted by F- the Fedora project. Which, you yeah, know, we can obviously look it up. They're all owned by Red Hat. Yeah, include sure. CentOS, Fedora. They're all owned by Red Hat. So, like, yeah. it doesn't matter all that much. But I think I'm pr- it's, it's a Fedora-hosted thing. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm stoked Anyways. about that because I love 3.6. Before that, CentOS 7 only had 3.4. Well, but when I checked, I don't remember seeing that on CentOS 6 Apple. So maybe it'll come, maybe not. For now, I'm still using iOS. So anyways. By default, the stable Apple repo is enabled on Fedora. Okay, thanks. My opinion is that... uh, Yeah, I I wanted to get that out of the way before I I dove in. I'll actually try and keep it pretty short. I don't know. I'm torn on this, honestly. I see benefits to both ends. Mm-hmm. On one hand, web apps especially are guilty of this, where they just like shoving data in subdirectories of the. And if I keep that in, <laughs> but maybe, maybe lower the volume a little bit. Um, that was perfect timing. I, just I know, just that rude little honk at the last too, and I thought it was done. Um, where was I? I can't even remember. Okay, got it, got it. Um, so I'm torn on this because I see I see benefits to both ends. And as I met, as I started to get into, before I was really interrupted, train web apps especially are guilty of just wanting to shove media into subdirectories of their own project, which is ridiculous to me. You should like in in a perfect world, you should be able to point to a specific directory. Every web app should do this. Some let you do this, but not everyone, not all of them do. You should be able to point to a specific directory on the cert like anywhere in the file system as long as it has read access and all that and you know obviously you'd probably have to add that to your open baster if you use it for php but you know whatever whatever small 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 deal you should be using baster anyways open baster rather so yeah i the concept of packaged web apps is weird to me and i've even used them before but i i use it for bugs.net or like Hip. D- yes, distro, because distro like, packaged. You know, 
Wagtail or Django CMS, you install via pip. I'm talking about distro or, package. Okay, okay. Yeah. I've Specifically, I've used PHP my admin on Gen 2 way back when. You could tell because I needed PHP admin. I've done Mantis, my Mantis instance for bugs.squareroot.net. That is installed through Pac-Man. Couple and is it others. pinned or you just update it? No, I, I update it. The way that works, though, is mostly with symlinks. Uh, you okay. get created with symlinks there. And I, I did have to finagle with it a little bit to make it behave the way I wanted to. But I managed to do it. Now, on the other hand, so it does seem weird. And it I am all, especially with WordPress, I'm super worried about, like, how many people do yum upgrades or yum updates? You know, like... I mean, I don't update anything. It's bad. and uh, Well, the nice part is, like, WordPress is very annoyingly persistent in telling you you need to update when you do, as long as you give it a valid email address and stuff. Or you can even set it to self-update, as long as it's not a major version. You can, For all minor versions, you can have it auto-update, which is fantastic. I wish more people did that, and I wish they made it easier, but whatever. The issue I'm concerned about is most, I would say, in a corporate environment, or even a business context, where you would want to use a WordPress yum package, you're not going to be doing yum upgrades or yum updates, I should say, all the time or even on a frequent basis. You're not even likely going to be checking. Very likely, you're just running the automated security installs or you're getting notices about security updates and not actually installing them, which is fine. You know, like we've talked about the conundrum of this in the past many times, but WordPress is sort of the, I would say WordPress is the most compromised software that is internet accessible. I would definitely I, go I with would that. agree with that 100%. I mean, I don't have a number to put on it, but... Yeah, yeah, we don't have a number, likely. but... Yeah, that and, or, like, know, in part people because using of its weak prevalence. passwords. But, but yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely in part because of its prevalence. But it also... I mean, like, either way, no matter what the cause, whether it's written poorly or if it's just because of its ubiquity, it's a lot more compromised. And it has a lot more vulnerabilities being researched and developed and such. So that concerns me. And I would want to make sure that I always had the most up-to-date version, you know? And you don't really get that with, with packaging. So not I don't usually. know. I'm, but that yeah, is, I think, usually. something I'm curious about. And I really do intend to watch this over the next couple of months. Like, yeah, I want to see sure. how quickly it gets updated in Apple because that would change my consideration slightly, potentially. Yeah, I would be honestly though I think more inclined to do something like that with Arch or Gentoo than with CentOS. Sure, because you know yeah. that you're not going to wait as long. Period. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I don't even think there's a way to easily flag a CentOS. Well, by extension, a, a rel package out of date. I mean Arch, you can you can. Well, no, for core packages and, and stuff, you still need to file a bug. Never mind. Yeah. I'm thinking of AOR where you can just yeah. click the little link. Yeah, I. I don't know. I'm torn on it. I don't have a specific opinion. I have plenty of opinions, but they're on both sides. So I can't, I, I don't have a firm position on it. Peyton, I, what about can you? I, can I tell you my opinion? Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? My opinion is to update from the most recent thing and mm. enable the auto updater. Other than that, I tried WordPress in 2013 or so, 2014, and I hated it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's unpleasant it to wasn't, admin. I, I wish that it wasn't so easy to compromise, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, what can you do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is what it is in that sense. Right. And, you know, to be fair, they've added auto-updates and 
I think if you enable those, you're in a much better place than you were with WordPress, like, you know, Four two years, years ago. ago. Or, whatever. or yeah. two years ago, yeah. No, sure. they've, they've had auto-updates longer than that. Okay. In any case, I have read, and I'll have to see if I can find where I read this earlier, that if you install it via yum and then pin the package and try to use the auto-updater, it will definitely break. Interesting. So probably really? don't do that until you've tested yeah. it. Um, yeah yeah maybe don't do that i don't know for sure i'll probably stand up a vm and try some of these things because i'm curious now i it's weird it's weird to me that pinning it in yum and using the auto updater breaks it but not the the other way around yeah Yeah. that's weird to me but all right yeah does anybody else have anything else to say on that no nothing else to say on that i'm ready for the batty honestly Okay. Jason, did you did you have a closing remark on that or No, we'll put the Reddit link in the show notes, of course. Yeah. Feel free, it'll be a little old by then, but feel free to chime in and let me know what you think. Also, if you're using Red Hat or CentOS and you've installed WordPress via Yum, I would like to hear about your experience in terms of update times and general breakage concerns if you have any at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on to the Great. baddie. Are we good with that? Yeah. On yeah. to the baddie. Cool. Smack the baddie up. Smack my baddie up. Do, 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 do. This is Jason with the baddie. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> so, Brent you can't and I... take my bet. You have to use your own bet. Sorry, I just man. did it. This is my no, bet. No, it's not. Try again. Start over. The end stop, of... Stop uh, recording. Start over. <laughs> the end of Hope 11, the last talk that Brent and I went to before we headed back to good old PA, was about security vulnerabilities in medical devices. And yeah, which we've talked about in the past. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely talked about this issue in the past. Times, yeah. I don't recall exactly what we talked about in that talk. I think they were mostly focused on, um, was it like Johnson & Johnson or something? But uh, I can't remember. In any case, Phillips, I think. In any case, I don't think that medical devices should be taken lightly in terms of security, right? Like, Oh, man. You yeah, are I interacting with people's lives in a very large way in some cases. Mm-hmm. And what's crazier is now it's 2018 and we have devices that we actually embed inside people like pacemakers and heart monitors and well, insulin that's not pumps the... and all kinds of other crazy that's shit. That's not right? the crazy uh, part. Get on with the show. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's not the crazy part. The crazy part is that they're exploitable. That's the crazy part. And they're exploitable, so, you know, like, here's the thing. If you put a pacemaker in somebody, you don't want to have to, like, jam a cable through their torso. Sure. Every time you'd like to update it. So, you know, there are wireless ways Or collect data, yeah. Or collect data, yeah, all these things. So there are ways to, you know, wirelessly interact with it. And I think that's awesome, and it's great that these are helping people and saving lives and shit like that. But uh, at the same time, what we're finding is that um, a lot of these devices are made and not necessarily, I mean, they're tested medically, but they're not tested from a security standpoint. And that's a big deal because... Security is not... Yeah. So back in 2016, there was a company called Abbott, which used mm-hmm. to be St. Jude Medical. And a group of security researchers gave them this huge list of things that was like, you know, basically, here's what's wrong with your pacemakers and here's all the ways we could exploit them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at this point... Abbott had faced, as far as I know, I don't recall exactly, and I want to say we actually talked about this on the show, maybe. I think we did, yeah. But, you know, they had some lawsuits, they had a lot of people who were really concerned about it, and, like, you know, most people aren't walking around with their cell phone, like, smashing it into people's chests, like, oh, I wonder if he's got a pacemaker, let's really fuck his name. <laughs> well, like, it's oh NFC God. or something? I, I mean, I, I yeah, oh I don't God. I don't know specifically what technology <laughs> oh it God. is. Usually it's Bluetooth or Zigbee. Yeah. But, Zigbee? Yeah. I don't know what that is. But anyway. Carry on. Carry on. 
This was back in 2016. May 4th, Abbott announced that they have about half a million pacemakers that are up for a firmware update to address what they describe as potentially, potentially fucking words, life-threatening vulnerabilities. And the reason for that is, you know, if you fuck someone's pacemaker up and they need it, yes, they're probably possibly going to die. Can I just take a moment here and say that I never thought I would ever hear the phrase life-threatening vulnerability? Oh, that's you know? something like, to talk about so, later. Yeah, it's so but, weird to me, though. I mean, we've reached that point. Yeah. So, you know, fortunately, this was not released to the general public until there was a firmware update available. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. But, you know, if the reason Abbott's getting a baddie is because of what happened in 2016, that they essentially, they went back and they fixed a lot of the stuff, it seems like, but it looks like maybe they weren't very thorough about how they fixed it. Or maybe they weren't very thorough about completing the whole list. Mm -hmm. And as such, you know, the fact is this is half a million people, right, who are still vulnerable to this. And if you know somebody well enough to know they have a pacemaker and you happen to be able to find out what model they have and you really wanted to fuck with them in a way that would be really, really hard to actually detect until they died, you know, like, oh, their pacemaker didn't work, most likely that's a crime that's not going to get traced back to you, I would have to imagine. Well, I, don't, I guess I don't know that. However... I think of um, Watch Dogs, or Watch Dog, the, the, the game where you... Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, anyways. Uh, in, in any case, yeah. This is not, like, catastrophically bad in terms of how Abbott is handling this. This is much better than what happened in 2016. But when you're talking about people's hearts stopping, you get a baddie. Yeah. And, you know, I think that this is a huge problem because we've seen it time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, specifically with medical devices like this and in medical settings. Like, you know, I understand you're saving lives. And so saving lives becomes the priority. And I understand that. I completely understand that. And I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, doctors and nurses and whatever. But at a compromise of security that ends up hurting people down the road, it still becomes a big problem. I mean, at that point, it's worse than if it's so, worse than than a healthy person because, like, you can't stop a normal person's heart with a cell phone. Yeah. Well. Well. Oh, okay. So, my mom has a Vegas nerve stimulator, which is a pacemaker for her brain. It it, it helps to regulate transmission um, transmissions through her brain. It keeps her epilepsy from going crazy, mm-hmm. and she has a magnet that she uses to swipe to cause it to go off if she needs it to whatever wow and, you know it won't kill her if someone messes with it but it can cause her to go into an epileptic seizure yeah you know and you know so the point that i am coming to is that you don't know who has a device that could keep them safe yeah you know uh-huh. and for this thing this this thing to have this vulnerability I'm glad that they didn't release the vulnerability until they had a fix for it. But still, mm-hmm. like, this is nuts, dude. This is nuts to me that you would... Y- it's you nuts would ha- that it's possible in the first place. Right, right. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah. nuts that it's it's available. It's it's nuts that it's even remotely possible for someone to be able to say, Aha, I've got Bluetooth. You don't have a heart anymore. <laughs> you know? Like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Or like, hey, how does your pancreas like a sudden five hundred times increase in insulin sure. or something? You sure. Know? Yeah, I mean Absolutely. that's that's actually way way more severe, way scarier. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. There's a lot of really yeah. I mean, I mean none of this is good stuff. Yeah, like, 
you there's know, a lot people of who have pacemakers things. are already having a, a not great time. Right. Well, my opinion is that anybody who wants to fuck with someone's pacemakers is a terrible human being, and they well, should just be, you know. I think hacking someone's WordPress site is also not cool. Not I understand the die from it. Yeah, right. I understand the consequences are very different, but I mean, the problem you is that download a car, Jathan. <laughs> okay. No, I get it. The problem is that people are dicks. So yeah. uh-huh. if something is exploitable, there's somebody willing to exploit it for some reason. And when I when I was talking about, we were talking about this at at PumpCon because some guy actually. Can I talk about this? No, yeah, I can talk you. about this. It's been like four years. I don't know. Some guy actually, I'm not sure, man. Basically, fuzzed his own his own pacemaker. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, he had like supervision and stuff. So if something happened, like he'd be able to get rushed to the ER and stuff. But he found a lot of interesting things about it. And yeah, it's scary just how insecure it was back then and how insecure it is now. Like it's it's like they haven't changed this the per- pervasive pervasive like you know tech bro startup. Internet of Things bullshit has even pervaded. Is that a word? I'm, I'm, it I'm is a word, but tired. I I don't know what it means. Yeah, <laughs> I'm honestly it's... tired of Internet of Things. I'm honestly tired of you know just Docker it, just do this. Yeah, no, this whole make I'm tired like, of it all. Smart all the things like it's scary. Like the goddamn fish tank even... thermometer. Yeah, oh, it's Jesus. moved into Listen. every single industry. It's yeah, ridiculous. And it doesn't have to. It just doesn't. It doesn't. Like it doesn't. I mean, I have a job because fucking computers exist. Yeah, but right. I have no problem admitting that computers are ruining the fucking world in a lot of ways. Well, I would say and it's, it's trying to shove computers into things that have no business having computers. Yeah, That's, like I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, there's a point to now, being able to walk into your home and saying lights and the lights turn on. Yeah, versus you know your fucking fish tank has a thermometer that's enabled that you can then reach through. I don't know. I even database information. I even you know think what's like interesting about that bullshit, too though is. But... It's hard because it is such a double-edged sword. Like mm-hmm. being able to have a pacemaker maybe that mm-hmm. doesn't work so well and being able to update its firmware instead of ripping it out and implanting or a new one. Or debug it. And yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's hugely powerful and beneficial and that's awesome. But unfortunately... I just don't know why they can't just like create an external <laughs> an external jack for it. Okay, That'd be oh, cool. You'd be like, it, like it, Cyborg. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> No. Did you hear about the guy who like lost his thumb and then got it replaced with the USB drive? No. Yeah. No. I did. I didn't. But also, cool. did you? Um. No. Never mind. Well, I've lost my train of thought because because <laughs> I you've... talked about the guy who lost his thumb. And you've got it replaced killed it. With... <laughs> Sorry, dude. I want to get one with a flamethrower. Oh no! What I was gonna say is like you know we have fucking. I don't know what the actual percentage is at this point, but let's just mm. say roughly like, you know, more than half the fucking websites on the internet now have HTTPS enabled, mm-hmm. but we can't secure a pacemaker. Yeah. That blows my mind a little bit. And I'm not saying it's an easy problem. By the way, if you work on medical devices for a living and you want to come on our show, I would definitely welcome that. Yeah, I would love well, that. Well, we had the guy, we had a story about the guy who couldn't update the software or the firmware on something and plug it into the internet, you know? Yeah. Oh, the scanner. Yeah. I think it yeah, was. Whatever right? it was. You know, Wasn't it like an MRI yeah. machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like MRI. that. It was a, the point is that it, it shouldn't have ever been put on the internet. Right. And, and, it, and it was. Right. You know? Well, yeah. And even worse, that guy should have known better. Oh, he was, listen. He was tech staff. Yeah, he was yeah, tech staff. I, it's know. a hard I, problem. Like, I'm all for is. using technology to save lives and better people's lives and shit like that. Mm-hmm. 
Unfortunately, it can always. But if seemingly... you're gonna do it, do it well. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, I think delaying those advances in favor of doing them in a fashion that's not going to doing a... pose risk to people, right? Yeah. Like, if yeah. you're walking around with a pacemaker, you already have enough to worry about without thinking like, not only do I have a pacemaker, but somebody could fucking walk up and you know kill me with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. again, a bit of an exaggeration, probably, but possible. So sure. Depends. So yeah, you've got to consider the possibilities. Yeah. With pacemakers, I'm not saying I would ever do this, but this is how my mind works. How I would attack a pacemaker if I wanted to, say, assassinate someone with a cell phone uh, or something. We are all getting flagged right now. For no, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I already, you know, disclaimer, like I would never do this. I have no desire to do this, but this is, you know, I have experience in looking for vulnerabilities. So I, I mean, this is part of our job is to yeah. think about this thing. Yeah. So we're not telling people how to do it. Yeah. We please are don't coming do this. <laughs> up with an idea of how we would do it so we can defend against it. In the yeah. Future. Anyway. Okay, so well, if yeah, I was, if I was trying to assassinate someone with one of these smart pacemakers, assassinate I, the president, I, well, you don't have to assassinate a president. It could be like someone's, I don't know. If like, you're not like famous, isn't that part of the definition of assassination? No, no, assassination is just being paid to kill someone. Um, That's literally the definition of it. Anyways, so what I would do with a pacemaker is I would tell it to, instead of stopping, I would tell it to tick. Because, like, people get pacemakers to jumpstart their heart if it stops, right? Yeah, So stopping it isn't uh, really going to guarantee anything. Well, hold on. Well, hold on. on. So stopping it it usually isn't going to do anything. By and like, yeah, there are some people who literally need it second by second, but those are the very few minority. For the vast majority, it's to, there to restart the heart. It's basically a defib implanted onto your heart or around it, whatever. So I would tell it to, I would send it a false signal saying, yo, this person's heart has stopped. And then I would keep, I would just keep pushing it. You know, I would continually push that signal. So it would always be jumping. See, that's them, interesting. That's how you electrocute them. I would just turn it off so that when they actually needed it, it wouldn't work. Well, that isn't as guaranteed, you know. <laughs> now it does sound like we're thinking about this. Too no, much. I'm, I'm not. I know. I'm saying I know. From, I know. A, from the perspective of someone who wants to do harm, it's not guaranteed, but eventually it might work. It might, but I would rather might. ensure that it worked. If I was in that particular, <laughs> oh if, if okay. I was charged with getting the job done, we're all going to jail now. I so I hope no. you've enjoyed the last it three seasons. It was nice knowing you guys. Look, huh. if OJ Simpson could write a book about how he would have killed his wife, but he and had was already been acquitted of it. Well, we aren't oh. even on trial for anything. It's all right. Yeah, we will be. be next week. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because you look seem like a serial killer. Unless somebody suddenly dies from like an overactive pacemaker, <laughs> pacemaker near yeah. near one of us, I don't think it's something we need to worry about. Okay, well, but that's how I would do it. You know, you would. It's like five seconds of googling into like why people get pacemakers and just mm-hmm. looking into it and. And it's really easy to target. And if mm-hmm. you have, like, the intel where you know that someone has that done, that, like, g- game over. So it's super important that, like, we really take a breather with this whole Internet of Things bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I'm yeah. This has all gotten <laughs> long and drawn out. <laughs> no, this it was a, it was a good baddie, though. Got trivia. Yeah, it was a good baddie. Yeah, it was a good baddie. It was a good episode, really. I hope that you all enjoyed us talking about our lives and not boring technical shit. I love I love quote unquote boring technical shit. Uh, yeah, so but I'm... you're boring. <laughs> Excuse you, sir. I'm the exciting one here. No, it, 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 if it he's was boring. Then you are dull. Or... It was. <laughs> it was a good episode. It was a little bit low energy, but that's okay because we it was all serious topics. So, 
Anyways, Woo! this has been Sis Administrivia. I am Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Pete. See you around. You are not real. The reality of an observable entity designated by the term everyday life stands a good chance of remaining hypothetical for many people. You are not real. Indeed, the most striking feature of the present group for research on everyday life is obviously not the fact that it has not yet discovered anything. You are not. But the fact that the very existence of everyday life has been disputed from its very inception. You. And increasingly so with each new session of this conference. You are not real. Most of the talks we have heard so far have been by people who are not at all convinced that everyday life exists. You are not real. Since they haven't encountered it anywhere. You are not real. A group for research on everyday life with this attitude is comparable in every way to an expedition in search of the Yeti. You are not real. Which might similarly come to the conclusion that its quarry was merely a popular hoax.